Welcome to the Happy Sober Podcast, helping people get back in control of their life, happiness, peace, and purpose, and all without a drop of alcohol. For more information and to book your place on our next free quit drinking webinar, visit www.stopdrinkingexpert.com. And now, here's your host, Craig Beck. Hey, how you doing? My name is Craig Beck. Uh, I'm known as the stop drinking expert because, well, that's what I do. Uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to give medical advice. Uh, What I am is a former problem drinker who had a 20 year drinking problem. Uh, And what I talk about on my boot camps that I take around the world is I can actually divide that kind of 20 years into three sections. The first 10 years, uh, I had a drinking problem, but I didn't know about it absolutely in denial. Uh, And I was actually quite proud of my drinking. I was the sort of guy that people would describe as uh, a man who could handle his drink. I was great value at parties. Because, you know, if you invited me to a party, I would bring extra alcohol because I would want to be sure there was enough. Uh, I would drink very quickly. Uh, I'd be very lewd, rude and funny. And then I'd fall over and embarrass myself somehow. I was the sort of guy that the day after a party, people would say, my God, did you see what Craig did last night? And so for the first 10 years of my drinking career, drinking heavily and socially, but kind of proud of it. And then after about 10 years of this kind of um, abusive routine, uh, I started to get some real serious problems coming into my life. And not least with my health. Lots of things started going wrong. Um, I got this dull ache in my right side that just wouldn't go away. Uh, And I I avoided that for months and months before I actually went to the doctor. Uh, And even, you know, so far in denial that when I did go to the doctor about this pain in my side, the fact I was drinking two bottles of wine a night and also a bottle of whiskey over the weekend, I still expected the doctor to tell me it was something non-drinking related. And he didn't, of course. He said, you know, there's a chance there's something very seriously wrong with you. And he sent me off to the hospital and started having tests on my liver. I had sleep apnea. I had high blood pressure. Uh, my, everything was going wrong in my life. And it was all because of my alcohol use. But even with all this disaster around me and my life falling apart, I still didn't want to stop drinking. All I wanted to do was moderate my drinking. I had this utopia in my mind. I'd been around my friends' houses when they would, they would go to the refrigerator, get out a bottle of wine, pour themselves a glass of wine, and they'd drink it really slowly, like annoyingly slowly. And then they'd put the bottle away for another day. And I was like, my God, how did you do that? That's like black magic. And that's all I wanted for about five years. That's all I wanted to be able to drink in moderation. And that's The whole point of today's episode, uh, because I get a lot of emails from people saying, how do you know whether you should cut back on alcohol or whether you should quit drinking completely? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, before we go any further, just a couple of mentions to do. Thank you to Natasha Lee, who uh, reached out to me the other day, and we had a little bit of a FaceTime video chat together. She is the queen of YouTube, and she gave me a few pointers about these videos free of charge, and I'm deeply grateful. So thank you, Natasha. Um, I just want to talk about the boot camp, quit drinking boot camp that I take around the world. Uh, These things always sell out. So please do not delay. Uh, There seems to be kind of um, this sweet spot about a month, three weeks before the event where everyone rushes to book. 
Uh, and it doesn't pay off for a lot of people. A lot of people find that when they go and get, try and get a ticket, they've missed the boat. Uh, and I get that because it's hard to plan this sort of event, you know, two months, three months in advance. But if you are serious about dealing with your drinking and building your own happy, sober life, then book in for the next boot camp as soon as you can. Up next, of course, it depends when you're watching this video. Uh, they stick around for a while. I understand that. But as of recording, the next Quit Drinking Boot Camp is in Covent Garden, London, England, in January 2019. Nashville, uh, Tennessee, is February 2019. And Toronto, Canada, uh, is penciled in for March 2019. Uh, also, we're looking to go to Las Vegas with Quit Drinking Boot Camp next year, and also Sydney, Australia as well. I will give you the dates when I get them. Please check in at the website, stopdrinkingexpert.com for more details. When you get there, you will also find details of my online How to Stop Drinking program as well. So in today's episode, let's deal with this thorny subject of how do you know whether you should quit drinking completely or you should just cut back on your drinking? Uh, Look, if you're, if you're asking me, how do I cut back on my drinking, uh, you either fall into one of two camps, all right? If you were like me and a hideous problem drinker who was just drinking himself to death and in this horrible routine with alcohol and couldn't break out of it, then I, the answer is moderating your drinking is hell on earth for you. you. What you're trying to achieve, what you're aspiring to do is going to make you miserable beyond belief. So we'll come back to that in a moment. Now, if you're the sort of person who is literally just drinking a little bit too much and they just want to make a slight improvement in their life by reducing their alcohol intake by 10, kind of 15%, then there are lots of things you can do, lots of little tricks. So things like drink a glass of water for every alcoholic drink. It just kind of buffers the the consumption of alcohol. When you're out with friends socializing, order a small glass of wine instead of a large glass of wine. Now, you might think, well, what sort of difference is that going to make, Craig? Well, it's, you know, it's actually a bit of a hassle to go to the bar and queue and wait to be served and get another glass of wine. It just anything that kind of slows down the consumption so that you're not ingesting as much as you normally would. That's a great thing. Now, I'm not going to stay on that subject very long because for the vast majority of people who come to my website, that's not even an option. Because we can do these silly gimmicks. We can say, I'm going to drink a glass of water for every alcoholic drink. I'm only going to drink on the weekend. I'm never going to drink at home. We can create all these stupid rules for ourselves, but they don't work. Maybe they work for a week. If you're lucky, two weeks. But if you're creating silly rules to try and control your own drinking, you're into the territory of problem drinking. You have some deep psychological anchors in your head around alcohol. And that is because over decades of your life, your subconscious has been watching everything you do. And things that you do repeatedly, it builds a program to automatically complete the routine. Because your conscious mind is so weak and ineffective that it can't do more than one or two things at a time. And so your subconscious creates these automatic programs. And if you're in a loop with your drinking, then you have some quite deeply embedded psychological anchors that are facilitating your drinking. So trying to moderate is 
it's, it's putting the conscious mind against the subconscious mind. And it, it's like trying to move a mountain with a spoon. It's just not a fair fight. It, it would be like me coming up to you and saying, OK, I'll give you an arm wrestling match, uh, but only you are allowed to use the muscles in your arm. I'm just going to will it with my mind. I'm just going to think positive thoughts and try and beat you by willing it. I'm going to hope in hell. And if you have these psychological anchors in your brain around alcohol and you're trying to consciously moderate your drinking, you're wasting your time. And this is why willpower doesn't work with alcohol and why it's 95% ineffective. This is also the reason I believe that 12-step programs like AA have appallingly low success rates. Because they work on the principle that you have to spend the rest of your life avoiding the thing that you want the most on planet Earth. You never deal with all this psychological baggage, all this anchoring. You know, you've gone through decades of your life, life linking alcohol to good times, alcohol to relaxation, alcohol to sleep, alcohol to confidence. And when you go through this 12-step program, you never deal with this. You're just told that you're a broken person. You're an alcoholic. There's something wrong with you. And you'll always be broken and you must spend your whole life broken. And maybe... If you pray to God, God will fix you. But that's great if you believe in God. If you're an atheist or an agnostic, then you're screwed under that principle, aren't you? And even if you do believe in God, the moment you fall off the wagon, you'll assume that God has forsaken you and God doesn't care about you or God is punishing you. You're doomed no matter what you do in that kind of willpower-based approach to dealing with problem drinking. So, if alcohol is making you miserable, if you're sick and tired of waking up every morning full of guilt and regret because, yet again, you drank last night when you said you wouldn't, if you're turning to the bottle every time the kids go to bed, you know, wine o'clock comes around, you open that first bottle of wine and then you, you drink until you pass out and you're in this loop and you're doing it every day. You're going out and you're buying a six pack of beer on the way home from work every day because that's how you relax. That's how you cope with life. Then trying to moderate that behavior is going to make you miserable. And here's why. Because you only get one choice. And that's on the first drink. You can set out with all the good intentions in the world that you're only going to have one bottle of beer tonight. It doesn't matter what you think consciously. It doesn't matter what your intentions are. It doesn't matter even if you really mean it. But this is a, an evil, narcissistic drug. And the very first thing it does when you consume it is it switches off the part of your brain responsible for making logical, sound decisions. And so that little evil clown, that addiction that lives in your head, will never whisper in your ear and say, hey, why don't you go and drink a whole bottle of vodka? It will never say, hey, why don't you down six beers? It will only ever say, just one drink, come on. Surely just one drink won't hurt. One glass of wine, you've had a stressful day. One bottle of beer because your boss was an asshole today. That's all it'll ever suggest, just one drink. What, what harm could it do? 
And so, the, you know, the addiction, the evil clown, as I call it, that lives in your head, is always suggesting to you that you should drink in moderation. It's never suggesting that you go out and binge drink or you get blind drunk and then face down in the gutter. The drug itself wants you to drink in moderation because it knows you can't do it. It knows it's impossible. Because as soon as you have that first drink, it's your brain gets messed about with, and now you can't make a sensible decision. And now there's so many things going on in your head to push you in the direction of that second drink, it's almost impossible to resist. First of all, you've got that impact on your brain and your thinking. Secondly, the alcohol that you drank the day before has applied some pressure on you. It's made you feel uncomfortable. It's like a, a sensation of mild anxiety. And it makes, it's that, you know that sensation you get when you think, oh, I could do with a drink. That is being created by the drug. It's really devious, this drug. And so when you drink, it rewards you for compliance. So you get a little boost of dopamine and serotonin and you, you get those happy chemicals as a reward for doing as you're told. All right. So now you've got the pressure on the brain. You've got those happy chemicals that are being released. Alcohol is a diuretic, so it makes you more thirsty, despite the fact that you're drinking copious quantities of liquid. So now you're thirsty, happy, and with no ability to make a logical decision. Is it any wonder that you go and pour the second glass of wine? And this is why the big alcohol companies that are complicit in this drug that kills 3 million people every year. This is why these companies have quite happily agreed to print on the side of all their bottles, drink in moderation. The government put some pressure on these companies and said, look, people are dying. Millions of people are getting cancer and liver cirrhosis. And you know, there's just so much death. You, we've got to have to put warning labels on the bottles. And the alcohol industry said, no, but we'll compromise. We'll put drink in moderation. And the politicians, because they're a bit thick, went, yeah, okay, that seems reasonable. And you know why big alcohol don't mind putting drink in moderation on their bottles? Because they know their customers can't do it. Doesn't make the slightest bit of difference. And so they're perfectly happy with it. If you think I'm being melodramatic about how devious and insidious big alcohol is, Look into what happened in Canada uh, earlier this year when one town in Canada decided to take a stance on alcohol and they labeled all their bottles in the town with alcohol causes cancer. Do you know how long those labels stayed on the bottle? Two weeks before the alcohol industry turned up and said, take them off or we'll sue you. And the town council of this town in Canada they knew 100% that they weren't breaking the law. They knew 100% that the statements they were making were 100% true, proven, in fact. But they took them off because they couldn't afford to defend themselves in court against the alcohol industry. We, we, it's like this is big tobacco all over again. You remember back in the 70s and 80s when the tobacco industry knew full well that their product was killing their customers, giving them cancer and destroying their lives. And they stood up in front of public bodies and said, our product is safe. 
doesn't cause cancer. They deliberately lied and misled the world. They killed people on purpose. Same thing is happening. We have not learned our lesson. The same thing is happening with alcohol. The alcohol industry knows that its product kills its customers. And yet they suppress that message wherever they can. So this is poison in a bottle. Diluted poison. All right. This, I'm not being melodramatic about this. You take some pure alcohol and some liver cells in a Petri dish and you put the alcohol into the Petri dish. What do you think happens to the liver cells? They get obliterated, turned inside out. They implode. It's like thermonuclear war. Every aspect of life is destroyed in seconds. And what, you think that's not happening inside you because you diluted it with a bit of cranberry juice? Wake up! This is poison in a bottle. It's poison in a pretty bottle marketed with billions of dollars of marketing money. And so if you're asking me, should I cut down or stop? When you say that to me, I hear, should I cut down on the poison or stop drinking poison? Stop drinking poison! There is not one single benefit to alcohol. Not one. And we talk about this on boot camp. We spend like an hour on this trying to find one benefit to drinking alcohol. And I've heard them all. I've heard, you know, I need it to socialize. I'm just not very confident unless I have a drink. I can't get to sleep at night without alcohol. I can't relax without alcohol. I haven't got this. I can't do that without alcohol. And the truth is alcohol gives you none of that. Alcohol gives nothing. It only takes. For example, let's say you're thirsty, okay? You have a psychological anchor in your head now as a drinker. So you're thirsty and the evil clown chirps up in your ear. Hey, 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 have a beer. Nothing more refreshing than a cold beer, right? And you think, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And you have a beer. And... Thirst appears to go away for about 10 minutes. And then you're thirsty again. And alcohol goes, hey, 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 I've got a solution to that. And so you drink again. And can you see how this is a loop? It's, it's, you know, alcohol never actually gives you the thing that it says it's going to give you. Again, it's like a politician. Just misleads you. Sleight of hand. Think about it. Anything that you're using alcohol for is an illusion, like getting to sleep. Alcohol may knock you out, but do you stay asleep or do you wake up after a couple of hours feeling terrible with a a horrible taste in your mouth, a banging headache? And then you spend the rest of the night tossing and turning and having very poor quality sleep until the alarm goes off and you're like, no, it can't be. I've only been in bed for 10 minutes. If the story that alcohol helps people with sleep was true, then all problem drinkers would wake up every morning fresh as a daisy, wouldn't they? When you saw someone at work bouncing through the office with a big smile on their face, you'd go, "Uh uh-huh, problem drinker. But they don't, do they? Problem drinkers come into work like, oh, my God, I can't believe I have to go through another eight hours of this shit. Oh, when can I drink again? So... Should you cut back or should you stop completely? I understand why people are not ready to consider a life without alcohol because 
in the Western world, we live in this bubble of unreality where alcohol is everywhere. And it's like we've all collectively agreed that drinking poison for fun is a good thing, even though it makes no sense at all. But it is everywhere. You, you just can't avoid it. Chances are your very birth was celebrated by a glass of poison. Your death will be commiserated with a glass of poison. It's, it's just there. And so I understand why it's scary to consider giving up alcohol. But look, all I can say to you in this point is if you get started on my online program or if you come to a quit drinking boot camp, I'll show you why it's infinitely easier and better to quit drinking completely than to even go near moderating your drinking. For the vast majority of people who come and see me at a quit drinking boot camp, I'm talking like 99%, moderating their drinking is impossible. What you're aiming to achieve can't be achieved. You're just going to spend a lifetime not succeeding at what you're trying to do. And why spend so much of your life force and your energy chasing this impossible dream when actually when you do the thing that you're scared of, quit drinking completely, everything about life gets better. Not just a little bit. Immensely. Everything in your life gets a hundred times better. Your relationships improve. In some cases, you rescue your marriage from absolute disaster. Your finances improve. I spent nearly $200,000 on alcohol, all the time telling my kids that we were too broke to go on vacation. Your career gets better. You stop being a zombie at work. You actually start being one of those high achievers who management notice and start giving promotions to. Your health, your, just every part of your life, your energy levels, your vitality, your sleep. You start wake up, waking up in the morning feeling refreshed instead of exhausted. You don't wake up feeling guilty all the time. Your mental health improves. So many things get better when you stop drinking completely. And so we're going to wrap up here. But what I will say in this moment to you is it's nowhere near as scary or as difficult or as painful as you've heard that it is. I found a way to make this easy. Because instead of just telling you that you're a broken alcoholic and you must spend the rest of your life avoiding the thing that you want most on planet Earth, instead of doing that, instead of telling you to give your problem to God and all that garbage, I explain to you how the trick is being performed, how the illusion is being done. And this is the secret to the success of the Stop Drinking Expert. Because it's like if you go and see Penn and Teller and they do a magic trick for you and you're like, wow, amazing magic. But then they come back on stage and they show you how they did it. And they show there's a trap door here and then there's a lever here. And then we slide this panel here and then you will never be able to see that trick again and be fooled by it. Never. Doesn't matter how many years go by, you can never see that magic trick again and be fooled by it. You can never even call it magic. From that point on, it is just a piece of theater. And that's how my program works. You'll never be able to look at alcohol the same way again. You'll never be fooled by it again because you'll understand how it's manipulating you so powerfully and so effectively.
Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Please subscribe to the podcast, my YouTube channel. And if you go to the website right now, stopdrinkingexpert.com, you can sign up for my free training, my free webinar. And we'll spend 40 minutes, an hour, just going through this in a bit more detail. And you can ask questions and get it clear in your own mind. I remind you, Quit Drinking Bootcamp is coming to a town near you. London, Covent Garden, January 2019. Nashville, uh, Tennessee in February. Toronto, Canada in March. Uh, Las Vegas is coming up and also Sydney, Australia as well. Yes, I get a lot of air miles. It's fantastic. So thank you very much for being with me. If you have any questions, please post them below in the comment section or email me, craig at craigbeck.com. Thank you very much, and I will see you soon.